Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Golden is made in upstate New York by an employee-owned company that is committed to making the best materials artists can use. They not only make acrylic paints, but Williamsburg oils and core watercolors, along with a spectrum of artist mediums. Check out Golden's full line of artist materials, along with some pretty great learning resources, at goldenpaints.com. Duran Langberg is a painter born in Israel who lives and works in New York City. He attended the Yale Summer School of Music and Art and the Pennsylvania Academy of the Fine Arts. He holds a BFA from Penn and an MFA from Yale. He's at solo and two-person shows at 1969 Gallery, Danny's Corey, and an upcoming solo at Yossi Milo Gallery. He's been in group shows at DC Moore, BGSQD, Alfred University, NTFA Gallery, Greenpoint Terminal Gallery, Montclair University, and more, including work in the upcoming National Academy of Arts and Letters exhibition. He's been a resident of the Sharp Valenta Studio Program and Yaddo. His work has been covered in Art Pulse, Art Critical, The Brooklyn Rail, Hyperallergic, New American Paintings, and many others. And he's taught at the Anderson Ranch, Montclair University, PAFA, and the 92nd Street Y. I stopped by Doran's Ridgewood Studio for a chat about his days studying math and science, painting in the military, painting skills, and Bjork. Here's our conversation. So, hi. <laughs> Um, why don't we start off with you and like where, where you came from? Um, so I'm originally from Israel, uh-huh. um, and I came here when I was 21. Um, 21? Yeah. And Israel, you have to do a mandatory service. Right. Sadly. So I was, um, I spent a dreadful three years as an airplane mechanic. Um, what, how old were you for those 18, three? 18 to 21. Yeah. How was that? Um, did you, well, did you learn once you got in? Yeah. Or did I did, you learn I no stuff I, before? No, I had no idea. Um, yeah, it wasn't, the job itself was kind of nice because I made, um, these aluminum parts for the airplane. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just took sheets of aluminum and like bent them in different shapes and drilled holes in them and stuff like that. So I feel like it was very, um, physical work, which was nice. Yeah. Um, but Let's say that my fellow unit members were not in the same headspace as I was. <laughs> <laughs> did you get to choose that or did they sort of tell you, okay, this is your role? No, definitely not. Yeah. It seems like I imagine that they have a giant board and a dart and they're just like, <laughs> this You're is what you do. This. Yeah. So random. Cause in high school I studied like math and English and art and physics and yeah. whatever. So I was like, oh, maybe they'll choose a role that right. I could actually look at your grades. Yeah. yeah utilize some like of my skills. He's going to paint the stuff on yeah, the sides yeah, yeah. of, yeah. But I ended up actually painting for them, really? which is nice. Yeah. I was so, um, I felt so destitute and sad, um, that I came to the guy who's in charge of the discipline and the base. And I was like, Oh, 
I'm a painter. Um, if you need any paintings for the dormitory or the dining rooms or whatever. Um, and he actually took me up on it. And I ended up painting for a year and a half for him. So um, you got to, did you get to take time off from the... Yeah, yeah, that was my job. I would come yeah. at 7.30 a.m., do like the morning whatever. Yeah. Um, kind of check in and then go to my studio and paint. <laughs> like sunsets and like aquatic scenes or whatever they wanted me to paint. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There could be worse ways to spend those three years. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> no, my commanders were very supportive. I think they realized that I was not in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> so where did you grow up exactly? In- I grew up in the north, yeah. uh, which is, I grew up in Yoknam, which is a suburb of Haifa. Was it kind of remote or was it bustling? N- nowhere in Israel is really remote. Yeah. Uh, it's all very close. Right. So it's maybe 20 minute drive from Haifa. But was it um, quiet? Yeah, it's, it, um, Yoknam is kind of, used to be an agricultural um, hub. Yeah, well, just, like, a lot of, like, my neighbors had, like, cows and sheep and whatever, mm-hmm. and then I think when my parents moved in, um, around that time, it was just, like, a little bit more, prof- like, professional people. Uh, so they were both professors, um, oh, yeah. and they were teaching in Haifa. Did you have siblings? Yeah, we're four altogether, but I'm much younger. Um, the youngest? Yeah, I'm 13 years younger younger than my Whoa. youngest brother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of an accident, I think. Although my mom still claims that I was fully planned. Fully intentional. Yeah. I mean, Duran <laughs> in Hebrew means gift. Um, oh, that's nice. So that's why it's like gift or surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so would they, they probably weren't even around that much. They weren't. So I kind of grew up um, as kind an of only, the child. only child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had b- best of both worlds. Now, did they have the thing where since they already had three kids, they were kind of like, eh, you can do whatever were they more laid back well it's funny because um when I got married my mom kind of gave a little speech at the wedding and she was like kind of similar to what you're saying like oh like it's our fourth kid like what could you know what could it what could happen like we've we've seen it all um and (laughs) and sure enough (laughs) a lot happened um so yeah I definitely put them through it a little bit but were they, they're supportive of you? Very, very. No, I have an amazing relationship with my parents. I love them. Very supportive of um, my art practice since I was really young. Yeah. Um, but I'm the only artist in the family. So I, I was going to say, it. are they creative? My mom is. Yeah. Uh, she never pursued it professionally, but she... It was in um, there. Yeah. She weaves and she draws and stuff. So I feel like it definitely came from her. Yeah. Now is the rest of the family still in Israel? Um... My sister and my parents are in Israel, and uh-huh. my two brothers are, one's in the States and one's in Canada. Nice. So we're kind of all over, yeah. Now, okay, so you went to high school, and you said you studied everything pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I went to um, an art middle school and an art high school. Oh, okay. So I've been studying art for a long time. Um, and But in that school, you have to still do like a full, um, I don't know what the American equivalent will be, but just you have to study all the subjects and yeah. be tested um they're like national exams you have to take right um so yeah i did all that but it, it, i spent most of my time probably painting yeah and did you did they give you the sense that like this is something you can pursue and follow and or was it kind of like this is a night this will be a nice hobby for you while you get your main my family job. no no just in school the educational system yeah, yeah i mean I i'm think sure your art teacher was 
But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm actually I'm actually very close to my art teacher from high school. So, yeah. Um, her work was just purchased by the Metropolitan Museum. Wow. Actually, her name is Arid Hafshi. Nice. Um, yeah, she's amazing. That's, that's not common for high school. Art no, teachers. not common at all. I mean, she's a genius. She makes these like enormous woodblock print yeah. installation uh, that she shows around the world. Well, that's that's I seems so rare to have that kind of teacher. And she was there only for like two. Years. It was a gig for her. Yeah. Obviously, now she teaches college. Um. But I think it was just like a time period where she was there, and we happened to connect. Right place, um, right time. Yeah. Exactly. So I felt I felt very very supportive. For Did sure. you have any idea at that point of who she was? And yeah, mm-hmm. you knew. Yeah. I mean, I think that she um, showed us her work, and we all knew it was extraordinary. Yeah. So that's. Well, I guess once you got through high school, what was the next step? What did you, did you know what you wanted to do? Where you wanted to go? Yeah, I mean, I think I knew I wanted to be an artist in New York since I was 12 years old. Yeah. And I remember telling that to my parents and they were like, okay, that's cute. Sure, why not? You know what I mean? Like, they didn't take it as seriously. But um, I think as I was finishing high school and talking to my professors, um, it seemed that the, the most the step that made more sense is to move to the States. Right. Um, for did my you, education. did you see, like, how did you, other than knowing that New York is kind of a, an art town, were you, did you see movies or were you like reading things or what kind of like, I don't know, I guess I, it's a good question. Cause like, what did I know about New York when I was 12? Um, I think I've been, cause I ha- my uncle, um, is American. So as a family, we came, um, to visit him and he was living in Philly. Yeah. So we went to New York and stuff and I went to the Met Oh, um, so you, so, you saw Yeah, I, I had an idea of it, but obviously not the contemporary art world right. in New York. But I think I just got the sense that this is the place to to be. And if you want to be an artist, this is this is where you, you yeah. should. Yeah. But so, well, when you spent your time in school in Israel, were you basically, were you visiting like Tel Aviv and, and you know, traveling around and seeing the sort of arts and culture? Because there's a lot of art and culture in Israel, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I remember shows that I've seen um, in the Tel Aviv Museum and the Jerusalem Museum, like when I was like eleven, twelve, thirteen, that had yeah. a huge influence on me. Um, Lucian Freud um, had a bit re- re- big retrospective in Israel. Um, a Victor Arika as well. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know him. He's a he's an Israeli painter, but um, mainly worked in Paris. Yeah. Um, so I remember those really clearly. And yeah, I feel like when I was, I feel like because of always um painted then my parents whenever we would go to trips and stuff we would go to museums yeah did you uh were you into music when you were a kid i feel like my music like my my relationship to music is pretty limited i um i love what i love but i haven't um kind of discovering new things is not necessarily like a big part of my cultural world, sadly. Yeah. Um, I'm well, a huge Bjork fan. Oh, nice. And I've always Bjork. been, yeah. Remember the first time I heard the Sugar Cubes? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, her yeah, first yeah, band? It was yeah. so different than anything else. My brother played me like a cassette tape of it. Oh, wow. It's like, this is so weird. Yeah. And it just grows on you. You know, there's something like addictive about her voice. Yeah, she's amazing. I feel like I... Um, got into her in high school and I think that was like Vespertine yeah. time which is still one of my favorite albums for right. sure um, I kind of think that I want like she really structured my um, 
view of, of art making as well. It's almost, it's so beautiful and emotional, but also so formally sophisticated right. um, and complex. And I feel like that's, I, I kind of want both that directness and kind of that slow reveal in my work as well. Yeah, yeah. So she's always kind of um, been kind of a model. I love that me. finding inspiration in musicians, like that not just the sonic elements necessarily, but the path. Mm-hmm. And the adventurousness of them, or you know what I mean? Yeah, and she's so idiosyncratic. Yeah, till so till today. Yeah, right. I wonder, was the Vespertine record the one that was a little more electronic based? Um, I think she's always been pretty electronic. Yeah, I'm trying to think because uh, a friend of mine that I collaborated with did the music for one of her records. Oh, whoa, that's yeah, amazing. Tomas Nock, he's a Danish that's composer, so cool. but I don't know if it was that one. But yeah, she's always been willing to push the envelope you know, but her voice kind of ties it all together. Yeah. I mean, she could say anything and it would sound profound. Yeah. <laughs> so you've kind of, would you say that there's certain music that you just gravitated towards or that caught your ear and you kind of stuck with it? Mm-hmm. Like, do you listen to music in the studio while you're painting? I do. Yeah. And is uh, it all Bjork all the time? <laughs> it's a lot of Bjork. Bjork too. radio? I know. Yeah. My studio mates. <laughs> about it. Um, I listen to a lot of Robin. I'm obsessed with her new album, yeah. which is so good. Um, and I also listen to books or podcasts. I was just listening to um, Race Chasers, which is a oh, I don't know that. Um, it's a podcast by Willem and Alaska, which are two drag performers. Uh-huh. Um, and they just like dissect every episode of RuPaul Drag Race, which I'm also <laughs> obsessed with. I love those the podcasts that like are dedicated to particular shows. Yeah, a show. <laughs> just talking more about something. It's great. so good, yeah, and they're yeah. so funny. So it's great. What's such a nice, like, as you're working to be, to get lost in something, you know, that's not necessarily every brushstroke that you're making. But well, I do I that. It, with- ha- it has to be mindless enough. Because right. if, if I, I started listening to Hilton Al's um, book of essays mm-hmm. that came out a little while ago. Um, and yeah, it was immediately like, oh, I need to actually pay attention and listen to this. So right. there are things that I can't listen in the studio. Like Dostoevsky? Like, yeah, right, right, right. right. Yeah. Trying, to, trying to analyze that. I tried to work. listen to Proust, um, and that was a lost cause. Well, I feel like some poetry would be nice because you can kind of just let it wash over you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, you know, analyze it. And it's funny because I was thinking and looking at your images of like poets, some of the old poets that I used to read mm-hmm. back in the day, like Rimbaud and stuff like that. I mean, do you ever read any of that stuff? I, I'm not a, I'm not a huge um, poetry person. Do you sadly. like the anal or the yeah? No, I mean, I think, connection. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think that also. I look a lot at um, Jess Jess Collins. I don't know if you know his work. I don't. He's a um, San Francisco artist um, that was kind of before pop art. Yeah. Um, and he was very, he was uh, Robert Duncan's partner, mm-hmm. uh, the poet. And they, um, their house in San Francisco was kind of a cultural hub for like painters and poets. Um, so I feel like that time where there was like kind of a connection between the two worlds that yeah. maybe was more um, substantial or connected than what we have now. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the work that came out of that. So definitely. Yeah. So, well, how did you make the, how did it happen to come to the States? Um, it was an idea, but how did you make it the reality? Um, well, when I finished high school, um, I was kind of talking to my professors about what would make sense in terms of continuing my education. And in Israel, there's only 
like two main art schools, two or three, uh, now three. I mean, at the time it was really kind of one, mm-hmm. um, and which is Beth It's kind of like the most famous one yeah. in Jerusalem. Um, and it, it's amazing. And so many great artists came out of there. Um, but I feel like a lot of Israeli art um, is extremely political, um, a lot of photography, a lot of video, and not a lot of painting. Um, and when kinda, I was... In, hmm? Was it kind of heavy? It was heavy, but like also the, it wasn't... There's a weight to it, right? It wasn't the kind of painting that I connected to. Yeah. I feel like a lot of Israeli painting comes out of um, a tradition of Dadaism right. and kind of a rejection of the history of painting. Um, but because we're in the Middle East and not in Europe, that rejection does not also come with museum filled with you know, right. work throughout <laughs> Uh, history um so it's kind of a weird relationship to painting yeah it's kind of like a this time capsule in a way I mean I feel like now it's very different um but when I when I was considering school um it just made sense to me to go to the states and also my teacher that I mentioned um went to the Pennsylvania Academy for undergrad uh so that was also a model for me and she was very supportive of me going so was it did you feel like oh I'm gonna go there well, it's funny because I feel like applying to schools from Israel, like I had no idea what I was doing, really. If it makes you feel any better, when I was an undergrad, you know, I, when I was applying to graduate schools, I had no idea. You know, you hear the names. Right. But it's not like I went and visited all these schools and knew. Exactly. You're just kind of like, well, what the hell? <laughs> I think most people do that, you know, unless you're somehow able to just go take trips and visit all these schools. Connected, Yeah. I mean, I feel like when I was applying for undergrad, I remember looking at RISD and thinking, oh, it's a, it's a design school. Oh, really? Yeah, because it was called, you know, yeah, it's right the Rolling School of Design. Um, so I didn't apply because I was a painter. Yeah, don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So kind of these weird decisions. Um, but I did end up visiting um, the few schools I applied to. I, yeah. I think I applied to like Cooper and SVA, Micah and... PAFA, the Pennsylvania Academy. Right. Um, and then when I visited, I just really loved PAFA. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like beautiful cast hall and the museum. And, um, and also the, the fact that my teacher went there, I think made a huge difference. Yeah, it's the bridge. Yeah, exactly. What did, and did part of the sort of academic approach or the, the feel, was that alluring as well? Yeah, definitely. I mean, what were you doing at that point? Like, what is your work? So I was, um, when I was in high school, I made a lot of um, <laughs> nude self-portraits, as, uh-huh. as, as any high schooler would do. <laughs> um, and it's funny, because I actually, when I was in high school, um, the Ministry of Education um, selects a few art students to have a show, um, and my work was selected, and I had to like give a little talk about my work, uh-huh. which was nerve-wracking for like right. a 17-year-old or whatever. Um, and I recently read what I wrote, and it's kind of shockingly close to my artist statement oh, today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's the same ideas that, I'm, that I was thinking about. But um, when I was in the Army, I also took art classes with um, Aram Gershuni, uh-huh. who's um, a really... Um, he's connected to the Jerusalem Studio School, um, which is run by Israel Hirschberg. So it's this really traditional how to paint. Like the of, New York Studio School Yeah, style. exactly, exactly. Today, temperature. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Tonality, chroma. <laughs> um, which was really great in terms of like 
learning how to paint because yeah. that wasn't something that we really did in high school. Um, and I think that at that point I was really drinking the kind of traditional Kool-Aid. Um, so it made sense to go to um, PAFA because I, really, I feel like I just really wanted that to spend time working for observation, working figuratively, um, and that was their focus. Learning, getting your chops. Yes, getting my chops, definitely. So you can unpack it later if you want, but you know... Well, I feel like I didn't realize the degree to which that these schools kind of come with particular ideologies. Yeah. Um, and I think that as I spend more time, um, you know, going to New York, seeing work, I kind of realized that it's not only, I'm not only learning a certain um, set of tools or ways of, um, of painting, but it also comes with certain value judgments about what's, um, what's good painting, what's valuable painting. And I think that um, kind of later in undergrad, I started to really, like you're saying, unpack that and yeah. um, try to discover what was more meaningful for me and what was useful. Right. So how was, how was your experience, the move and acclimating to a new environment and art school? Um, I think coming to the U.S. as a student is a pretty smooth um, transition because you have this built-in community which was really nice. Um, and you're thrown into a really packed schedule. So I think I moved and I just immediately started school. Um, I don't even, yeah, I don't even remember it necessarily as being particularly difficult. Also, I feel like I sound American. Yeah. Like I don't have um, the very... Um, the deep r- accent. Yeah, <laughs> the deep Israeli accent. <laughs> um, so I feel like I was just treated as one. Yeah. So maybe that... Um, that was part of it. But most of my friends, at least the first year, were um, the other, maybe slightly older foreign students as well. Right. Um, like one of the people that went to undergrad with me is um, Angedeka Akunili. Uh-huh. Um, and she, originally from Nigeria, I mean, she had spent a few years in, in the States at Swarthmore and stuff. But um, we kind of gravitated toward each other as, as, as both being slightly older and um, kind of coming from a different place. So right. you find your community for yeah, sure. Yeah, you find your people. Yeah. So um, did you learn a lot? Yeah, it was... It I, seems like the kind of place where you, you really learn, learn. Yeah, I feel like I, 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 really, I really loved PAFA because um, I, I really felt like it, it gave me what I needed. Like the first two years were really intense. Yeah. Um, we worked a lot from observation and then the second two, the, the kind of second part of undergrad, uh, you just get a studio and you don't, I mean, yeah, they're like people visiting, but essentially you just work on your own. And it's all art, right? Or do mm-hmm. you have electives in other classes? No. So PAFA, when I went there was a certificate program. Yeah. So it was a hundred percent studio. Just art. Yeah. And then I took my academics at UPenn, right. um, like at the summer, like yeah. during the summer. Um, so I would just like, maybe take a class, like an evening class once a semester, and then um, my other academics and over the summer. That must have been nice to just go... I mean, I always say in retrospect that I, I really like that I went to universities and I never went to an art school because you do get all those other classes and all that other stuff. But I imagine that there's something really nice too about just swimming and making artwork, you know, and not really having to go to like speech communications classes and all that stuff. Well, I feel like, I mean, obviously that was something that I really wanted at the time. Um, 
I do feel like I still need to um, fill in some gaps in my general knowledge. So a history class would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, well, you can always read history books. Right, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, and, I, and I took, like, philosophy classes and film classes and art history classes. Right. Um, but kind of those, like, requirements, um, I think. And I think now, actually, at PAFA, they're, they're more integrated in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like you can catch up with that stuff, but you probably learned so many hands-on, like, painting things that in a lot of art schools or university they just kind of like gloss over you know what I mean or not gloss over but like you'll learn a little in a still life class you'll do that for a couple weeks but then you kind of move through things and you they get you up to speed on a lot of different ways of making where it's maybe not that super traditional well I don't know how traditional that approach was to teaching it was pretty traditional um it was very you know we did cast drawings and still life painting and um, it was just, you, you, you definitely put in a lot of hours perspective, um, yeah. kind of really covering those bases for sure. Did you do lots of figure drawing? Yeah. Endless. endless I love endless, figure uh, drawing. Yeah, I do. I do too. I really love it. Well, I, I feel like it was a weird process because, um, kind of being a figurative painter and being immersed in this curriculum that's designed for figurative painters, um, kind of makes you, or made me question, um, what I want from it. Yeah. Um, and I almost had to kind of distance myself from it in order to find it. Um, I totally, well, that's probably a good thing, right? It's like if someone goes to a jazz school, you know what I mean? They might really feel an impetus to push back or to, to like, okay, how do I take this to a different plane, you know, mm-hmm. instead of just doing the traditional stuff. Whereas if you go to a general music school, it's almost like, all the stuff is going to be invited. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I think there's that theory too with art schools where it's like, if you take away all the disciplines and it's just like art, then people don't maybe don't have quite the impetus to break the boundaries of working between areas. So sometimes putting up those little dividing walls are good because people climb over them or want to climb over them. Yeah. I mean, I think that definitely some people got lost in the skill building Um, and I think that that, you know, that's kind of like the, maybe the problem with kind of more academic institutions that they give you the illusion that skill is content or skill is meaningful somehow. Um, and it's not just a tool. It's like a built in justification or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like this idea that you insert value to the work because it's more, um, competently made whatever that means whatever yeah. that means more proficiency yeah exactly it really is a is a huge liability and I think that that's something that if you didn't have that in yourself to um, be motivated and, and seek it out in your own work then people would just you know yeah focus on that and hard probably hard not to depend on in a way like if you learn all that definitely like if you're like me and you're unencumbered by talent <laughs> It's so much easier to just, <laughs> I that. To just pare things down and go, you know, no, but I would, I, I think, you know, like if you learn classical guitar, it might be hard to break away from some of those technical things. You know what I mean? Like I, would Joey Ramone be the same if he learned classical guitar? You know? <laughs> so yeah, I guess it's, well, it's the individual, right? Yeah. Like definitely. if you're strong enough and you're motivated enough to push it, then you'll take it to the next Well, level. it made me question why I wanted to learn it. Yeah. Um, and I think that 
like the idea of being able to describe something um and then you and then asking yourself like what what is the what is the purpose yeah um so if i look at someone like caravaggio right like this idea that um the level of articulation um is so astounding while still maintaining um this feeling of um of the painting being totally alive. Yeah. I think is, um, a huge, like technically just like this incredible achievement, but also for him in terms of the meaning of the work, um, being able to describe like soft skin or dirty feet, um, is, is so, so part of the content, but you have to have those tools to do right. that. Uh, so again, finding, finding meaning in, in, in those, um, in those tools that, I was learning was the process. Yeah. And part of the answer to that was probably, well, my professor went there Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just like, I'm sure you feel this way too. Like with your parents, you learn certain things just because your parents are saying it or they're kind of like default in your mind. Do you know what I mean? And then you get to an age where you're like, okay, I think that now, do I believe in that? Or why should I? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, is that a valid thing to think about? And I think we kind of do that in our artwork too, whether it's your influences or your professors or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, now I I took in all that stuff. Now, what am I going to put out now? Well, it's funny because when I was an undergrad, uh, when I was a junior um, in undergrad, I went to Yale Norfolk. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. And that was like a huge unlearning experience where all the stuff that I took for granted was put into question and people that came with different conventions um, kind of challenged my conventions. Right. Um, so that was like a huge eye-opening experience. And I was like, wait, my paintings are romantic? Like, what do you mean? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. like realizations that are really obvious um, to anyone from the outside were shocking to me. That's a real gift, that program. I oh think. my God, it was amazing. Because was it's, amazing. Not, it's not grad school. It's just a little summer of like getting all that perspective and being introduced to all these other people from different places who are like you're saying, probably yeah, come from incredible. a complete different angle. Mm-hmm, and then sure. you just, it's, it's free, isn't it? Yeah. Your school pays for it. Um, yeah, it was almost free. Almost free. Very, very generous. It's um, not grad school tuition. <laughs> it's not grad school tuition, <laughs> thankfully. Right. But it, I mean, I feel like I still, I'm still in touch with like a bunch of people from, from yeah. there. And that was 2009. So Right. Yeah. Good community. Yeah. So you got through undergrad. Is it, I don't, is it undergrad? Yeah. Technically? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you get like a BFA? I did. I got a BFA from Penn, from UPenn. Um, cool. And so a certificate. Get... Yeah. I mean, not that it like ever helped me in my life, but I can say that I went to Penn for, <laughs> for my BFA. Right. Um, and yeah, it's funny actually, because Yale um, is one of the only programs that accepts students with a four-year it doesn't have to be a degree it could be just any four-year program right so I didn't even need to have a degree but my parents I mean they're both academics um all of my family so for them the thought of their child not having a BA was horrifying horrifying yeah (laughs) how could you yeah my dad was like maybe he's a mathematician and he was like maybe you can do a minor in math like you're so good at math like why not just as a backup plan and I was like what what would I do with that aren't parents sweet though (laughs) you know just in case just in case you know this art thing fails yeah this is something to fall back on (laughs) a math minor exactly (laughs) not that like being a mathematician is any more practical I was gonna say is it really I'm a theoretical mathematician (laughs) would you hire me the automatic job market for a math minor (laughs) exactly so you graduated did you take any time 
No, no. Being, um, not being a citizen of the U.S. Um, oh, yeah, you don't want to linger. It's very, yeah. I mean, now it's even more horrible than it was, but um, the thought of having to deal with immigration right. was kind of daunting. So I was like, let me just apply to the programs I want to go to. See and what happens. See, yeah. Um, so that was my path. So you got in? Mm-hmm. And how was graduate school? I loved graduate school. Yeah. I feel like people had... It really varies. Um, it's a love-hate thing, right? Yes. I feel like... Um, I felt very supported. Um, and I really met my best friends there. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm very thankful for that experience. Um, yeah. It really changed everything for me, definitely. Speaking of introduced to a whole new group of people with different backgrounds. Oh my God, yeah. Working backgrounds. I mean, when you were in undergrad, did you... This is going to sound bad, but I mean, did you, were you around any abstract painters or was it all figurative or all academic in nature? I think that were there a couple of Hans Hoffmans in there. Yeah, exactly. Like (laughs) so old school, like Barnett Newman's. I feel like this, even, even the figuration was very informed by abstract expressionism and this conversation of like abstraction versus figuration was still something people talked about. I was like, what, you know what I mean? And and I feel like in Israel, like my high school, like we were making like conceptual sculptures from like found objects or whatever. I mean, at, at, at like a 15 year old intellectual level, but, um, Still, so I feel like coming to PAFA, I was like, wait, is is this a thing? Also, like, talking about modernism, like, coming from Israel, like, who cares? Like, this is not right. my history. Different history. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like it's funny because I do, my work is very gestural, so you can definitely see a relationship to that kind of history, but I don't, I don't look at abstract expressionism at all. Um, I don't really care that much. Yeah, but if you went to Cooper, it would have been a totally different thing. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So you went maybe to more, a place maybe, where maybe. they still have that dialogue. yeah. Antique, antique dialogue. (laughs) (laughs) Black Mountain, like kind of going back in time to an, you know. Well, I feel like for them, this, I think they view it as just like super earnest and that, that I do really value about PAFA because I feel like, um, the students are super, um, like there's just no cynicism at all. Um, and I actually went back and taught there for a year, just like one class. Um, and the students were so wonderful. They're so smart. They're so engaged. Um, and I think that that it kind of it, as old school as, as that institution is, I feel like it kind of instills a certain kind of commitment and seriousness that I still identify with. Yeah, definitely. Well, not unlike maybe serving in the military. Oh my god! Where you get a certain discipline and I mean responsibility that I might... don't credit the, the <laughs> Israeli army with anything. <laughs> oh no, I'm saying any military. Right, right, right. Would yeah. would teach you to wake up early in the morning, get get going. Kind of. I hated it. I counted every day. I feel like I blocked it out of my mind. Whole swaths of my life like don't exist anymore. (laughs) I don't even remember it. I can't imagine like if you don't want to be there, what that's like. Yeah. Or it's just like the feeling of wasting time. Yeah. You know what I mean? All I wanted to do was go and like be a painter. And then I had to do this bullshit for three years. I think about that. My my son was just talking about like a K-pop band that he likes and how they had to just stop. They're like the biggest band and they just members just have to stop they stop their tours and then they just go serve in the military for oh wow years. so imagine like they must really be like this is kind of a waste of time yeah totally i got bigger i'm bigger bigger have, venues have, to perform exactly. <laughs> i have plans um but yeah i guess it, it was fine it was what it was i mean i think people um it's more and more common for people to find 
ways um, out of it. Yeah. Um, and I think the system also is so overwhelmed because it's mandatory. So like, what are you going to do with like, that so yeah, that many people. <laughs> and that's, and I think that that was part of it that was so hard for me because I felt like it's one thing to be like, okay, I'm expected to contribute. Um, and then realizing that it really is not you're like, what you're contributing to is the preservation of a system that you don't even believe in. Um, so it's not, you don't feel like anything you're doing is truly meaningful. Um, and it's like not what, yeah. So I feel like that was also hard because if I felt like anything I did, like contributed positively to, um, the world around me, then I feel like that would have been certain kind of, um, not motivation because that would be going too far, but would have made it palatable a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. If it were like Habitat for Humanity, you're building houses for people. Yeah, exactly. But homeless. it wasn't. It was really just, yeah. <laughs> also as an airplane mechanic, like what do I know? I had like a, a month long course on like how to fix airplanes. Like, but you were a painter as well. But I was a painter. Yeah. <laughs> that was definitely fun. <laughs> how many people can put that on their resume? <laughs> Military. Well, my unit, they painter. made me like a little tag that says army painter. And I remember like being in the bus, like when I would try like commute back home and like all the other soldiers would like look at me and be like, what is that? What do you do? Like, yeah, is yeah. this a job? Is that yeah. real? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I would go to like my evening classes that I took with RM. I had this like portfolio that I would carry around. Um, so I really, I really did look like a painter. Yeah. Um, when you were getting back to the grad school thing, mm-hmm. did you, did usually there's a lot of amazing visiting artists. Did you have a good experience with kind of like the outside voices as well? Oh my God. I mean, yeah, I got to meet all my heroes. It was really amazing. Yeah. Mikhail Thomas, um, Lisa Yuskovich, Huma Baba, um, Dana Schutz, Peter Dor- It's just like endless yeah. people that are visiting and faculty. Now... Do they still do the, this is going to be a stupid question. Um, do they still do like the crit sign up sheets where you can only see a certain amount of people? You know what I mean? And it was mm-hmm. like, when I was there, it was like a mad dash and like yes. people were fighting over. Oh who my they God. Could see and yeah. I remember was, when Mary Heilman was visiting, like it was almost like you knew that like, this is the last visit. Well, you knew that this was like, there's like a crew of like diehard fans. And oh, if, right, if right. you were not an abstract painter, don't Forget even, yeah, 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 don't yeah. even come near that sign-up sheet. Um, I love it. I love the intensity. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. People would, go, people would go up and, like, in the cover of darkness and, like, scratch out people's names and, like, like they had said they couldn't do it anymore oh my and put God. their names down. And, you know, it's just... None like, of that drama in our year, but... But it's so, ni- <laughs> it's so nice to think that... I mean, that's not nice, but it's really great that people are that passionate. That committed, yeah. Like, you want to be somewhere where people are that hungry, I think. Definitely, definitely. You know, if you go somewhere and they're like, eh, you know, I was thinking about having them in my studio, but I'm just kind of tired, you know? Like, no, we, it, was a, it was very intense. Like, we would have, like, three or four visits a week. Um, which now seems crazy. That's a lot. We didn't yeah. have that many. Yeah. I think maybe we three, maybe four three. semester. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, not from visiting artists, just like, because the faculty, the regular faculty would also come. Um, so you would meet with people. Oh, you had to sign up for them too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would, I think, I think we had to meet with the regular faculty like at least twice a semester. And there was like a lot of them. So yeah, it ended up between like two or four visits a week. And if you didn't, you would get in trouble, right? No one didn't. So. Right. Of course. Not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a couple of people who tried to do that, like sneak through. 
Mm-hmm. And okay. just like not get seen. Didn't go but over. then they get like beat up and like the review. Oh, yeah, like, we haven't it. seen any of this. Like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you would so, get it. Yeah. You would get it. Yeah. They, yeah. You learned They quick. make sure. <laughs> you learned ropes. <laughs> so you came out of there. You Did your work change a lot? In be- yeah, definitely. I'm going to guess that it probably did. Well, I feel like in undergrad, because I, again, kind of didn't really know what to do with all this knowledge about painting and the history of painting. Um, I kind of stopped painting actually. Um, and I started making these really small drawings, um, from video stills. Um, and then when I went, after I went to, to Norfolk, they were really challenging me because I was talking all about like the gesture and the materiality. And they're like, these are five and a half inches by eight inches. Like what materiality (laughs) are you talking about? Um, so I started making, I mean, Norfolk, I didn't make anything coherent. Like it was too much of a mess. Um, but then kind of coming down from that experience, um, I went back to the studio and I made really large works on paper. So I made like nine feet by seven feet, like these elaborate like scenes. Size. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Charcoal? They were all, they were all, no, they were all acrylic and they were oh, black okay. and white yeah, and yeah. they were very, very patterned, like lots of pores and I would squeeze out paint from like you know, cake decoration, whatever, yeah. which is like such a cliche, but, um, did you use a fire extinguisher? Oh my God. No, I did. I didn't. Uh, that was pre zombie formalism. Right. Um, so, and then, and when, when I went to Yale, I knew that I wanted to delve into color or at least like try and figure it out. Cause it was such a huge question mark for me. Yeah. Um, so I immediately started working in color and it took me a year to kind of figure out how to make those big acrylic paintings in color uh, but even the color that I was using was just very, um, the, the structure was so basic, yeah. um, kind of very obvious complementary colors and stuff like that. Um, and then I remember Rob Store in one of my reviews was like, maybe you should go back to using oil. Um, and that's, I've, I've painted in oil since I was six years old. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it was almost like part of my body or something. Um, so... Did you, you think, yeah, right, right away, yeah, I should do that? Or? Well, I almost, it's almost like I knew that I should, yeah. but um, I kind of used his recommendation as maybe as like a, okay, like now's the time. Yeah. Because um, I, I just thought that I wouldn't be able to do all like the textures and stuff like that that I do with acrylic, right. that I do with acrylic in oil. Um, and I think that that kind of gave me the confidence to try. So then by the end of grad school, I kind of finished with um, a body of work of small paintings in oil. Um, so yeah, I would say that it definitely changed pretty radically. And then, uh, so you just graduated, moved down seamlessly to New York. Seamlessly. Well, I got like yourself the, a studio. What's really nice about Yale is that really everyone for the most part moves to the city. Um, they don't all last, but they start off. They don't all that. last. That's true. I've definitely lost friends to mainly California. Yeah, yeah. There's other, <laughs> other places back in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where like the, the sun is shining and you can get <laughs> right. cheap fruits or something. Yeah. Um, so we were, I just remember sitting with my friends um, after final reviews and we like, my friend was literally like on Craigslist trying to find studio spaces. Yeah. Um, and then we were subletting in this building actually for a bunch of years after that. Um, so yeah, we all, we moved, we got, the, we got a studio and then after we got a studio, we got apartments around. Um, and I shared the space with three other friends and it was, re- yeah, it was really kind of sustaining that community was so important. Um, both for practical reasons, like the first teaching job that I got was from a good friend of mine. Um, and 
just in terms of the work, like being able to be accountable for one another. Yeah. So you started yeah. teaching right away? I didn't. Here it and took there? Me, um, I think I started teaching a few months out, but I taught like um, adult classes at yeah. the 92nd Street Y, which I really loved. That's a great place. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. A lot cool. of cool things happen there. Yeah, yeah. It's a great institution. Um, and the students, it's, it's fun teaching adults. They're so... Adulty. Adulty, yeah, <laughs> and committed. Off their phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so that was really nice and kind of an, uh, an introduction into teaching. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think I started teaching in 2013. So it took me like about a year to get a, a teaching job. You know what's fun about teaching adults too is they really want to learn. Like they do. You hit an age where you're like, oh, I wish I could do that all over again and like really learn all this stuff. Well, I feel like your time is so precious. Yeah. So if you're going to spend like hundreds of dollars on like three hours a week, like, like learning okay, how I'm to paint. squeezing every Yeah, you're going to try and learn how to paint. Yeah. I can get out of this. Yeah. That's cool. So, and was it tough to get situated? I mean, New York, you know, well, when did you move? What year? Uh, 2012. Yeah. So it's still at that point, it's, you know. It's not like there's big old cheap studio spaces and cheap No, and but my apartment, it's funny because I got a tip from a friend that used to live in Ridgewood, um, and this is to everyone who wants to live in Ridgewood. Go find the Ridgewood Times, and oh, all the apartments the are listed in the back, and like the, the realty companies in Ridgewood don't post on Street Easy or Craigslist right, or whatever. Yeah. So I got an apartment for much cheaper than I market. Love, I love Ridgewood, too. It's so nice. It's really quiet. yeah. It's very, like, residential. A lot of people own their property, so you just kind of... It feels very neighborhoody. Yeah. You're, yeah. Not, you're not far from here. Um, so I lived here for um, maybe five or six years, and then my husband and I just moved to the Upper East Side. That's a different commute. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but this studio is so great. Um, it is really nice. And it's a good deal, so I'm not, I'm not leaving. <laughs> Worth the commute. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Well, you can't... I mean... Can you even find anything on the no. Upper East Side or in oh, the city? On or? the Upper East Side. Um, oh, you could go up to Spanish Harlem or go up to the South Bronx. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely have friends in the South Bronx and I was thinking about it. But I just love this neighborhood and yeah. I, I feel like this, like I, I couldn't find anything comparable price-wise and size-wise. So right. it just made sense. That's good. And then, so how did you start showing your work? What was the, how did you break that seal? Um, my first my first show in New York um, were just group shows when I was in still in school. Mm-hmm. Um, so friends and word of mouth through school and all that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people come by, yeah. um, and you would, you know, your second years would like bring people over to your studio. Right. Um, so they would be like, "Oh, this collector came by," or "This gallerist." Um, and there was one collector in particular, um, John Friedman, who's really really supportive of. Um, like Yale students. Um, and he came by and he was really excited about the work and, um, he brought like a few gallerists by and then, um, that kind of led to being included in group shows and stuff. Um, so I feel like I, I I was showing kind of consistently, um, you know, nothing major, but, um, kind of since graduating and it took me a long time until I felt ready to have like a show show. Um, so my first solo show was only a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. And you've recently posted some news, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going to have a show with Yossi Milu in September, which I'm really excited about. Which is such a 
photography. Oh my god, yeah, they're they're a, they're a photography gallery. You were gonna stand out. Well, Yossi <laughs> is really changing his program. Yeah. Uh, so now they just started working with Angela Defran Defranci. Oh, nice. Yeah, last name. Um, which I love. I love her, and I love her work. Yeah. Um, so that's an incredible context to be part of for yeah. sure. Um, and it's also was really exciting for me to think that um, I could be part of like a gallery's building process where it's still like super established and um, ha it's like it's up and running and has a reputation, but then they're still kind of growing and developing. And if I could in any way um, kind of inform that process of like reshaping, um, it just sounded like a really incredible opportunity. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. So do you, um, I mean, since you, um, when you were younger, did you travel a lot? Um, I, I mean, Israel is not far from yeah, it's so Europe. Convenient um, to yeah. So I went. I went. You know, for like my bar mitzvah. Um, I went to Paris with my mom. Oh, that's and, nice. Yeah, we went to Florence and stuff. So I, I did got. I did get to travel. So bar mitzvahs are totally different in Israel than they are in America, right? Oh it's my god, not the whole like it's teen not. beat party scene. <laughs> I feel like now it's been like everything in Israel is kind of Americanized. So I feel like it has oh, doing ballooned it a little bit. But yeah. I had mine in like the local synagogue, and then we went and had a party in the backyard of my parents. For a second, I thought you said now they have balloons a little bit. No, no, it <laughs> like had it had ballooned <laughs> into these monstrosities, crazy um, parties. Yeah, but no, it's still nothing. It doesn't hold a candle to like Upper East Side Jews or whatever. Yeah, they. They're pretty impressive. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so that sounds nice, Paris. And what that was leading into, um, have you been traveling recently? And is it something you want to do? Not only just traveling, like traveling with your work, showing around the world. You know, is that something that you feel like will uh, inform the work at all or inform you in that process? Um, or is it not even on your radar at this point? I feel like I don't make that many paintings a year um so for example i'm working towards this solo show that's going to be in the fall um i'm already freaking out about having enough work and what goes where and do you know what month um we're aiming for september oh that's when we'll my see. show will be oh sweet that's awesome same show time yeah it's a good it's a good time it, I love the fall. Yeah. it's such a great like yeah. that first show and then my friend guy and i is going to be mm -hmm. showing at the other space oh Miles's right other space wait in in new york yeah, he has oh. the two, 22nd will be my show, Guys mm. will be on 21st. Oh, that's incredible. Yours will be on 20, well, 10th and right, 24th. Between 24th. Yeah, exactly. So between 24th. I think it's between 24th and 25th. Art party. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and I feel like it's nice energy because everyone's like rested from the summer and right. they're like excited for the beginning of the season. In the fall gets a little cooler. Yeah. You can do your coffees taste better. Exactly. You know, there's not the sweat it. and stink <laughs> in the city. But we'll be sweating in that Oh my god, I know the summer. It's it. definitely gonna be an intense summer. It'll be um, funky. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like it's not so I don't really I'm not looking for like exhibition opportunities abroad necessarily. Um just because I feel like it would be too much in terms of the my Workload. output. Yeah. Exactly. But traveling. Yeah, travel. I mean, traveling is amazing. I paint like my apartment and my friends' apartments, and it's yeah. all it's all very, very kind of local and domestic. So, um, besides obviously traveling um, to see you know museums and stuff would be amazing, but right. I think most of my travel budget just goes to go back home to Israel because yeah. each of those tickets is crazy. It's hard, right? <laughs> yeah, because you only have so much time. Yeah, and money. <laughs> right. So you, yeah, the resources are kind of limited in that sense. Yeah, we go back to Japan. We try to go every year, and it's such a big trip. It's yeah, it's hard to, you know, 
go to those other destinations just for fun here and there because it, things get busy. Yeah, super busy. For but sure. you're kind of in that in that working, you know, post school. Well, post school for a while, but you know, just like it feels like there's a good momentum in here, and you're really. Oh, thank you. You're in the, you know, it's like a steam train right now, just going. Well, I feel like I moved back because I was in the sharp for a year um so i moved back here to bushwick in september did you just uh, sublet during that time yeah mm-hmm. did you I like did. it I'm, well, oh my god i'm sure yeah. it was great how can you not that's a free studio overlooking the with lots Brooklyn of cool Bridge. people yeah really really amazing people um so that was a, that was an amazing experience um which really kind of propelled me to work much larger uh which was a huge shift for me yeah um and then when i came back um the subletter that was subletting the other space next to mine left. So I was able to kind of take over a little bit more space mm-hmm. and continue working large, which is really fortunate. I think I could see where that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't do a great job at uh, masking the drywall. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you know. No, but it's nice now, especially with the larger scale. Now you can really spread out. Yeah, definitely. Cause yeah, if you had four of these guys in half this space, it would, I Ins- mean, you could insane. still do it, but yeah. it would be tight. Yeah, definitely. That's nice. So you're in full-on work mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, yeah, trying to figure out what that show would look like or what exactly would be the focus. Right. Um, having a lot of conversations with friends about what kind of what, what, how to, what needs to be pushed on the work and um, what elements to really focus on. Let's say you do 10 paintings for that show of various size, like 10 bigger paintings oh my god I'm getting, I'm getting let's a say attack. You, <laughs> let's say you do five paintings. thank you thank you Six do you <laughs> do you generally make more than that and edit down or do you feel like you're editing in the studio and what you finish you're gonna send there's not a lot of editing because they take so long i'm really committed to each one of them right um and i think like once a year maybe a painting doesn't work and do you just work over it? Like, yeah. Or do you yeah. rip it off and start new? Um, I usually would just gesso over like oil ground over it. Yeah, because you have a lot of palimpsest and mm-hmm. pentamento. You know, yeah, like, there's yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of like layering. And, exactly. So I wouldn't, I would imagine that could add to the the life and the history of that painting. Definitely. Um, it does. Yeah, again, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, it's pretty tragic. Because if I've given up it means that I've like really really tried yeah. um, and wasted like months on it <laughs> yeah. um, so hopefully yeah hopefully it doesn't happen yeah yeah I think I, I, I do the same thing I feel like I plan so much for what I'm gonna do and then I I just really try hard to make it work yeah because it's a commitment you know what I mean yeah but then I sometimes I'll do a few more paintings than what I'll show and then pick out you know what I mean like mm-hmm. It's a different vibe, you know, like the the collection that you put up, the group that you put up really talks to each other and it has a different feel if you add or subtract. Definitely. It's a lot of, um, and I think that's why it's nice also to have the space to see them together because then I can really yeah. structure a conversation between them, whether it's through color or the materiality or the subject, um, just to see how they exist kind of in the same same space. Yeah, and that's one of the things about a show show right. that's really great that is kind of like a record like we still have it in art i feel like in music it's not really there's no real like records anymore you're just streaming and it's shuffle or whatever mm-hmm, I mean, yeah. people still record a record but it's, it has a different kind of feeling to it yeah than when you used to buy the vinyl or buy a cd and it's you know listen to it front and back it's funny because i was teaching last night um and i was because i play music for my students 
and I usually ask them like, oh, what do you want to listen to? Bjork. <laughs> well, I try not to. Um, and one of them was like, oh, I want to listen to TLC. And I was like, oh, amazing. Like, which album? And she was like, album? Yeah, exactly. She was like, I don't know. Just play the, like, the top four songs or whatever. Just I was like, shuffle. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then I put like fan mail or something. And they were like, we don't know any of these songs. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> the um, hits. We want the hits. Yeah, exactly. I thought you were going to say she just didn't know what the word album meant. Because no, I've, no, I've no, said no, no, record no. before. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's a really great record. And I get a look like record. Record of what? <laughs> what talking about? And I was like, oh yeah, I guess that's kind of an antiquated term. Yeah, yeah, you know the artist page thing, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I feel like with a show, and I and I think that that's something that I de- that I definitely feel like I'm trying to think more about because um, these are so time consuming and so um, I kind of dive into each painting for such a a period of time that. Um, sometimes it's hard for me to conceptualize like an entire body of work or yeah. how to see all the connections between them. Um, so I think that's definitely something I'm, I'm really thinking about right now. Well, that's why this space is so nice. Cause you can kind of get them all out. And exactly. See them together. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have even, and you can't blame them. Don't have that opportunity. Because right, it's course. like when I get the gallery show, that's the first time I get to put these things in a space and see them all together mm-hmm. like that, which is, you know, it's, it's so different when that happens. You just have to hope that like, they pull it off. <laughs> they work together. They but, and also off. I feel like, um, at least the experience that I had last time, like the first solo show that I had, um, is when um, Quan, the gallerist, put it together. And like, because he was like, okay, like you try to hang the, the show. Mm-hmm. And then I did. And it looked kind of mediocre. <laughs> um, but that was like my idea for the show. And then he hung it and it looked so much better. So I feel like also having an editor. Yeah. Um, or a coach, or whatever it is it you want to call it, um, helps so much because I feel like it's, you know it's not it's not what I do, um, right. and they know their space so well. So I feel like that collaboration with a gallerist is so important. Um, and Yossi's been amazing and like very, very supportive. And I, I feel like he um, it would be it would be a an interesting collaboration. That I'm yeah. looking forward to. Yeah, I love that. Like, okay, you go ahead and get dressed. See what you can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, you yeah. get dressed and like, okay. <laughs> exactly. We try, all need help. Try these on. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like having that other voice is, is so good. You know, I mean, sometimes it doesn't, or you you come to a middle ground, but just getting those other set of eyes on it that you can count on. Yeah, or for that sure. you trust those people. Because I've had both experience where some people are like, oh, you should really do it like this. And you just, it doesn't really, where they don't understand, I think, where you're coming from. It's mm-hmm. like that balance between yeah, the definitely. two. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there needs to be a lot of trust for sure. Yeah. Um, I had a good friend in the studio the other day, um, and he's not a painter. And I feel like when, because so many of my, my friends are painters, and obviously we all get so seduced by like the color and the materiality and yeah. um, kind of get carried away with similar things. But then like having someone who still really gets it, but not coming from a, like less susceptible to all like the whatever, like luminous colors. Right. Um, the conversation really shifts and it's like, okay, yeah. Like he said, like he was, we were talking about like the like the expression of the figures or like what kind of mood they set. And these are obviously things I think about, but maybe not quite as specifically, or I don't read them quite as narratively when I make them. Yeah. Um, so having that perspective was really useful. That's the the advantage of like sharing work. Yeah, you know, definitely getting that other angle from people. That's why, like, even when I do work outside, I love like hearing people off the street, which is a rare ability to just get people on the street being like, you know, 
comments. Oh, blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. This or that. And some of it's crazy, but some of it's just like, oh, I never would have thought of it that way. Well, I feel like that those kinds of responses, like we're so removed from them just because of, at least for me, I feel like I'm so, I, 90% of my time is being spent on figuring out the color and yeah. like, does this area work and how does the space work? And like, you can't, you can kind of get lost in the, um, what does this all mean? Um, like what, how does the painting communicate emotionally? Um, or at least you kind of get distance from it a little bit. Um, so hearing a totally different perspective is really, um, crucial. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. Well, I'm really excited to see the show. Thank you. And I'm, I'm, Thanks for letting me get a sneak peek of it. Oh my God, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm guessing this is going to be some of the Yeah, work. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the two big landscapes that are here right now are going to the um, Invitational Show at the American Academy of Arts yes. and Letters. Uh, and Wait, that, that's coming up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's opening in, um, in March, so pretty soon. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. I was excited. It's um, exciting, right? It's a cool, yeah, it's a, it's a really cool group of people, and um, there's like all these like awards and stuff so you it was like it's like a cool show yeah it was it's and it also feels like very like old school new york painting definitely. world <laughs> it, it definitely does and where it is when you go there it's exactly like, it's very not that grand. far not that far from where you are right, right yeah. yeah i mean like 60 blocks but yeah it's closer than here yeah <laughs> closer than Brooklyn <laughs> for sure um yeah so that, that's happening that's happening pretty soon but the rest definitely is for is for the show Okay, so Yosimilo in the fall, mm-hmm. and then where where else can people? You do social media, so your yeah. name, your name at your name. Right? Yeah, exactly. Do you have a website on Instagram? Remember websites? I do have a website that I that I try to update. That's once good. in a while. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's the just your name dot com. Yes. Well, the, I don't think there's other Daron Lingbergs in the world actually, um, which makes it you. really convenient. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was the only Brian Alfred. I mean, Alfred's a really uh, rare name. Last oh, name. really? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of Alfords, mm-hmm. but not many Alfreds. I think there are Lingbergs, but they're not Jewish. They're like, um, I don't know. Swiss German? Yeah, something like that. So I feel like having like a Hebrew name, like a Hebrew first name, kind of distinguishes from the other Lingbergs. They exist, but right. yeah. You're the real deal. Yes. I'm, I'm the, <laughs> when you Google me, I'm the only one that comes up. <laughs> well, thanks for having me over. Yeah, thank you for coming. This was really fun. Thanks. want to send out a big thank you to all the listeners for all your support and all your positive feedback comments that you send mentions and um, basically all the support you give me Um, i record produce and do all the editing all the website stuff all the social media stuff for sound and vision and um, i do it because i love to do it that's the only reason i do it and to get so much positive feedback from all of you really gives me the fuel I need to do the podcast. So thank you very much. Thank you also to Michael Lovett for his introduction. Uh, thank you to Lullatone for the music you're hearing now, the intro-outro music. And um, thank you to all the artists who take the time to meet up with me, have me to do their studios, meet me at the galleries, and basically sharing their life and their stories with me. You can follow the podcast at Sound and Vision. 
and uh, at soundandvisionpodcast.com. You can get more information and more images that I take whenever I stop by the studios and the shows in the gallery. Again, thank you very much for listening. See you next week.